Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Chicago's Afternoon News. I'm Lisa Dent. I like the music bump. The sun is out. That's good. And the dibs are definitely out. Uh, park in my spot and you'll come out to a car in an ice cube. That's the threat from 708 on our text line. We're getting all the pictures and we appreciate them. We're most excited because Dr. Kevin Most is with us, Chief Medical Officer of Northwestern Medicine Central DuPage Hospital. How are you today, doctor? I am great, Lisa. And, you know, you would never mess with Mary Vanneveld in snow if you lived in Villa Park, you know, when I did with her. What'd you do? I, I you know, no, you would just not mess with oh. the Vanneveld family. No, nope. <laughs> no, you're wise. You're very wise, doctor. Yeah. Uh, so at least we've got a little sunshine in the city. That feels good. And did you get a lot of snow in your area? Because it was very hit and miss. You know, I have to be honest with you. I am in North Carolina right now, and our snow is coming here in about Five hours. So we are going to get uh, we're going to get part of that nor'easter here. We're under a winter storm warning here in North Carolina. So uh, I, I'm hoping that if I got some at home, someone shoveled my driveway. But, uh, <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> uh, so a lot of news out about COVID, and of course, questions will be coming in at three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Let's talk about what the city's top doc doc was talking about, and that is this new variant. Some people are calling it. Uh, uh, the Omicron's cousin or, you know, what, yep. what is the deal? Tell us about that. Yeah, so you'll hear the stealth variant. You'll hear BA2, the sub-variant. This is another a mutation and uh, not of major concern right now, but it's really fascinating what's going on, like at least in Denmark, where it is now the predominant strain. So look what happened here with Delta being pushed out by Omicron. Right now we're about 98% Omicron, 2% Delta. The same thing is happening now in Denmark with this new subvariant. The encouraging thing is, is that hospitalizations are going down, even in light of their cases going up. So still a lot unknown. Uh, is it more contagious? Uh, the biggest thing is, will it evade the vaccine protection? Because 20 mutations on this one are right where the vaccine is aimed. Um, so it's kind of unsure, too, if you get Omicron, you know, the original, can you get this new subvariant? So a lot more unknown, and that's exactly what we would expect when we see such low numbers of this. We have seen it in New York. We've seen it in Connecticut. We've seen it in California. And once you hear that, you pretty much know that it's around the country. But it certainly hasn't made a huge splash of major concern for us yet. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine Central DuPage Hospital is with us. I had read some things this week about catching COVID from secondhand smoke. Now, it doesn't look like they're, you know, uh, from really good sources, but what they were saying connected with me because they said when people are taking a drag on a cigarette, they exhale more forcefully. Does that push more particles out of their lungs? Does that, you know, put you in, in harm's way if you're watching walking through the band of smokers outside of a building? Yeah, you know, certainly we know that you get more when you talk and when you're yelling and screaming and singing or whatever, then you're really expelling out. And certainly the secondhand smoke portion of it, there's two things there. Smoke lingers, and you can, you know, you know it now. People that have been away from smokers for a long time can get within 50, 100 feet of someone and say, oh, someone's smoking around here. So we know that that perpetuates and stays in the air longer. The other thing is, especially for individuals who are exposed to secondhand smoke regularly, whether it be a parent or a son or a daughter that's always smoking around them, they're now at higher risk for bronchitis, 
and for any infection. And certainly we know that the immune system for smokers is lower, so the chance of them being infected while smoking is higher. So absolutely should be really concerned and be careful when you're around anybody uh, who's a smoker at this point. The doctor is in, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine Central DuPage Hospital. Let's bump over to the phone lines. And I know you're calling because you want to have a question answered about when to get boosted? Yes, I got my my booster shot in in November, um, September. Excuse me. Um, I'm in my late 60s. I want that fourth booster. I want it today. Can you get too boosted? Can you have too much vaccine in you? Is that bad for you? I want that. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting, man. There's a whole bunch of camps. Some people want it. Some people don't. You're in the camp that wants it. Um, If you've been watching the news, and, you know, we follow studies. uh, The good thing about this is we're following studies around the world. In a large Israel, yes. I've I've been watching that, yeah. Yeah, the large study that just came out of Israel showed that fourth booster, that fourth shot, really is adding little to no value whatsoever. So you're also probably seeing that Moderna now is getting ready to make an Omicron vaccine available. As a matter of fact, the clinical trial started this week, which will be very interesting because by the time the vaccine is ready, we may not even have Omicron around. So I don't think Mm -hmm. you're going to need that fourth booster, and I think it's going to be more fall when we look at influenza and possibly having a booster for everybody at a uniform time. Thank you for calling, Ann. Thank you. And I love that she wants to stay safe. She's very serious about that. Hi, Jim. Uh, You were on with Dr. Kevin Most. What's your question? Well, I was wondering, what exactly does mRNA and PCR stand for? (laughs) So mRNA Mm -hmm. is messenger RNA. So the M stands for messenger. RNA stands for RNA, just like, you know, you would hear about DNA. I want to make sure that people don't don't get those confused. The messenger RNA is the delivery point, and it gives a messenger site to the, the cell to allow it to make exactly what we want, you know, antibodies. The PCR is a polymerase chain reaction. That is a way that we do the testing. So, you know, we have people that have antigen testing or PCR testing. And the reason we can do antigen testing so fast is that we're looking for a portion of the virus when we do the nose swipe and we put it on that median and we connect it to a, 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 a liquid and then that attracts it, and if there's an uh, antibody-antigen reaction there, and they link up, we know that the antigen is there, meaning the virus is there, and it lights up. For the PCR, we're actually looking for specific portions of the virus, and we have to amplify that, and we have to do a couple of chemical tests first in order to get it. And that's why the PCR test is more accurate as well as takes longer. So PCR is we're doing an amplification of what you have collected, to make sure that we're weeding out and getting the right viral particles to make sure that we can call it a positive test or a negative test. Uh, Coming up, we'll talk about anything you have a question for. Dr. Kevin Most from Northwestern Medicine Central DuPage Hospital is on the phone. So if you want to call 312-981-7200, he's here to take your call. The doctor is in, and we'll also get to those text messages that are coming through. My favorite doctor, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer from Northwestern Medicine Central DuPage, has joined us on Chicago's Afternoon News. Let me run by some of these text-in questions, Doc, and then I'll go to some calls for you. Um, 815, are the tests from China safe? Obviously, the White House has rolled out free tests for most of us and free medicine. Masks this week, so people are asking that question. 
Yeah, I guess the question should be, are they accurate versus are they safe? They're not going to do you any harm. It comes down to the accuracy. And certainly we know that in order for the government to do as many as they've done, as well as to see the upswell of testing, you know, there were a lot of companies that jumped into this. I I tell people all the time, I'm a big fan of Abbott. I know that they're well-made, that they were well-studied. So if you can get your hands on the Abbott Binax, that is the one that I think uh, we have the most uh, faith in. And again, these are the home tests. So two negative home tests, you know, certainly uh, is very positive. Uh, But uh, there's, I I wish I could really vouch for all the companies that came forward and made the tests available, and I really can't. So whether it's from China, whether it's from here, I just know going with a good quality company with with the tests that we've been using now, for two years is someone that I lay my trust in. Someone from 847 said, why did it take so long to figure out cloth masks were no good? Well, you know, in a way that question is asked too, we have to understand that cloth masks are not necessarily no good. Some cloth masks are actually fine. They're actually really good. But when you take cloth masks and you use it as a generic term, you can have a very thin mask. You can have a very ill-fitted mask. And we know that um, particles can go through Uh, very uh, thin masks. But if you have a multi-layer cloth mask that fits tight to your face, that is still a very good mask. You know, we know if we go by the science with the surgical masks of the N95, those have all been tested for how thick they are and how well they work. For us to generically say cloth masks, it's much better to go with a known entity of these surgical masks and N95s work because we've tested them. And we can't say that for all cloth masks because some of them are extremely thin, but yet others are actually very fine. And if they're tight-fitting and they're thick and have multi-layers, they're going to be just as good. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer of Northwestern Medicine Central DuPage Hospital, is joining Chicago's Afternoon News. And Jan, you have a question for the doctor. What is it? I'd like to say one thing. This is why we love WGN, <laughs> because we could ask these questions and get a good answer. I'm, uh, I just got out of the hospital about a month ago with the COVID, and I'm just lo- wondering, is it best to have a cool mist or a warm mist humidifier? Ah, so, Jan, it, it's interesting. You know, at this time of the year, we're all concerned about humidity in our homes, right? We, it's, we have our humidifiers going instead of our dehumidifiers. So a cool mist obviously is, pro- I shouldn't say obviously, but is, is probably best. For a couple of reasons. One, it's much more safer than the steam ones that we have. And two, bacteria and viruses love moisture and heat. So steam is moisture and heat. And therefore, you know, I would say that, you know, going with the cool mist one, not only is it safer, it's probably more healthy for you. And, you know, having that moisturized air is very good for someone who is just in the hospital because if you were in for COVID, you're, you're, you know, your lungs and your airway system is still kind of frustrated and still a little angry. So getting that, the moisture that it needs to get better to heal so that the cells can heal is very important. So glad you're doing what you're doing and glad you got through COVID and out of the hospital. So am I. I bet. Be well, Jan. Uh, We have a text message question uh, asking, what do you think, doctor, of the countries who won't vaccinate kids under 12 like Norway and Denmark? You know, uh, you know the, the child aspect of it and the, the pediatric aspect of it is very difficult for me, you know, because you can argue both sides. You could say, hey, this really doesn't impact kids that much, but certainly the kids that do get it uh, can get sick. 
What's more important is that those kids are now going to be exposed together and are coming home to an environment where you might have someone who is immunocompromised or who has comorbidities. So I look at the kids saying, you know what, they're going to do pretty good. But unfortunately, they are going to be the vector, as they have been for everything, whether it's been colds or strep or whatever, to bring it back to the home where you have a higher chance of somebody either having heart disease, obesity, cancer, or older. So protecting kids is something I think that we need to do. Um, And it's kind of disappointing that we're not following the science in in some of these countries where they're saying natural immunity is going to be fine. And if that were the case, then we wouldn't get colds every year. More studies were released this week, doctor, about fertility and the vaccine. Can you tell us what is new on that front? Yeah, you know, I I think that everyone has had that concern. And I would say that if you look at what's come out, there's no evidence that COVID causes infertility, no changes in male sperm counts. You know, there have been some cases where uh, women's cycles may have been off a little bit, but really no change. I think probably the biggest message is, is that anyone who's a childbearing age that is considering getting pregnant, please get vaccinated because I can tell you that COVID in an unvaccinated person that is pregnant does not have good outcomes often for not only the mother, but also for the fetus. And then also, as you deliver your baby, your breast milk has antibodies that protect your child, whether you know it or not. It's protecting them from COVID because if you've been vaccinated, it will transfer them. But many other illnesses that protects that infant, that newborn, through its early stage where we can't vaccinate them. That's how they get protected, and that's how we save their lives. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer of Northwestern Medicine, Central DuPage. And Connie, I appreciate the fact that you've been hanging on. What's your question for the doctor? And Connie, honey, can you um, turn down your radio? I'm going to put her on hold here real quick because she's going to be there for a while <laughs> waiting to uh, waiting to uh, get to her point. Yeah, exactly. Um, so another question here on our text line. When will the vaccine for under five-year-olds be available? Yeah, so the promising study came out probably about two weeks ago. The initial study wasn't as promising. And now that they've looked at a larger number, it certainly looks like, I would say, probably more towards the summer or fall as they're going to continue to do more. Um, And by that time, it'll be very interesting to see if Omicron has run its course and if the Omicron vaccine that they're looking at right now, if they will look at younger kids as well as the protection. So, you know, under age five, we certainly want to make sure we protect them. And again, to protect them for the grandparents as well as for their own health. Uh, can you ask the doctor how many tries it took him for Word, Wordle today? <laughs> Do you have time to play that game? You know what? Today I did not, and I, I heard it was hacked or something, so I, I'm not even... <laughs> I couldn't get it today. I'm embarrassed. I was a Wordle oh. failure today. Okay, back to the phone lines. Linda, thank you for hanging on. What is your question for Dr. Kevin Most? Hello. Um, I have trouble breathing with the mask upon exertion and when it's like really hot and steamy out. And I was wondering, do I get any protection if I wear the mask under my nose but over my mouth? Under your nose but over your mouth. Yes, you get some protection. You certainly will. You won't get total protection, and that's why we always tell people to try to wear them where they can. But for someone like you, you know, if it's exertion and if it's in certain environments, if you're in an environment like that where you're not around people, then go ahead and you can take your mask off. But certainly if you're in an environment where you're exerting yourself, let's say, in a health club, um, you know, I, I would just be careful. But 
the two the two ways, the two most common ways are obviously through your nose and through your mouth. So anytime we touch our nose, touch our mouth, that is where we really um, have the opportunity. So wearing it, half of it is better than not wearing it at all. And okay. Linda, right. I'm sure a lot of people give you the side eye when you do that, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Thank you for calling. <laughs> Okay, you're welcome. Uh, Dr. Kevin Most, another question on our text line before we let you go. How long does COVID last in a space, like an empty apartment, an elevator, after someone with COVID has been in that space? Yeah, Lisa, if you remember, when this first started, everyone, if you remember, they were leaving their groceries in the garage, they weren't touching their mail, they were putting things in microwaves. We certainly know that it can last for a while on a surface. However, two things. All that has been telling us is that when we swipe a service with a with a Q-tip, that we can find it. It doesn't say that it's infectious. It doesn't say that it is spreading. We know that there is way more. I mean, 99.9% of these cases are aerosolized and directly to somebody in an individual uh, space. So touching something is not going to be a biggest concern. And really, if you are concerned, go back to what we did before. Disinfect any areas where someone has been positive and try to isolate them if they're in your home and they're positive. Um, but certainly not a lot of, of where we would call fomite, where we're touching a can that someone else touched and then we're going to get it. Um, we have much more chance of getting it through the air and then touching our face itself than touching a can than touching our face within a period of time. So I wouldn't be overly concerned. But if you are, and just from an anxiety-provoking uh, point of view, go ahead and wipe things down if you've been around somebody who has uh, been positive. Thank you so much for joining us. I think you're the person everybody wants as their primary care physician. <laughs> <laughs> Please, thanks. Tell Steve I said hello, and always uh, good to hear Mary's voice as well. He broke his toe, so he's not here today. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's Lower what I body was injury. told. <laughs> Have a good day, doctor. Take care. (laughs) Dr. Kevin Mose, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine, Central DuPage Hospital.